Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the number one resource for actors and talent seekers. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to guide you through every aspect of the entertainment industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. These intimate, inspirational conversations with today's most award-worthy film, television, and theater artists provide you, dear listener, advice on how to live the creative life, personal stories of success and failure alike, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. my own thing that I do like I all right I'll learn my lines in my tub and mm-hmm. imagine and, and kind of do whatever I do there but then on set I feel like if you do the work in that way of daydreaming mm. you can go on set and anything can be thrown at you Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do we do like diction exercises? In the zone, <laughs> totally. We're totally in the zone. <laughs> uh, this is great. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to In the Envelope. This is so exciting. We're finally back. And newsflash, we are going weekly. Uh, before we get to today's fabulous interview with our fabulous guest, Uh, Elle Fanning, whose voice you just heard. Um, I am on the line, not in the same room, with Brianna Rodriguez of Backstage. Brianna, hi. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Social distancing, as we all should be. How are you? I'm good. That's right. We're all social distancing. Uh, It shouldn't come as any shock to our listeners, but from here on out, for the foreseeable future, uh, podcast interviews are recorded 100% remotely, and so are conversations like this. Uh, Brianna, I would love to hear a little bit about what's going on backstage, because I think what's happening right now, maybe all over the world, is that we are all getting better at connecting remotely from our living rooms. Yes. I mean, it's it's um, a beautiful thing that's born of necessity. <laughs> Um, yes, so the we mother of invention. Stage. The mother of invention is indeed necessity. Um, so as of late, uh, Backstage has been providing what we can for where we can for our community of performers and creators. Um, that is mostly been done through our online programming called The Slate, um, mm-hmm. which is a series of videos, interviews, talkbacks, Q&As with Broadway actors, television actors, um, casting directors, vocal coaches, acting coaches, fitness coaches, just to keep people moving. Um, So we're really trying to run the gamut in terms of what we can offer people in this really, really tough time. Um, So in addition to that, we're also launching new voiceover profiles because that's, I'm sure, you know, been a a huge uptick in in voiceover work. Totally. Voiceover profiles Remote auditions are on the rise, of course, all available on backstage. Yeah, so it's been, it's, we, we're, we're, we're keeping on where we can. And obviously the podcast is, is a huge part of our um, remote ways to reach people, which, is, which yes. is awesome. Part of the buffet of content that's available to 
followers of Backstage. Yeah, I think it's been cool to see that there really is a lot that we that can be done in lockdown, a lot that Backstage can provide and a lot that uh, aspiring performers or working performers and creators can do in these very, very strange, very unprecedented times. Uh, every time I, I think about it, I'm like in awe of, of this new reality that we're in. Um, yep. But I'm super proud to not to get too uh, self-promotion-y, but I'm really proud <laughs> of what we can do, what we've been able to do at Backstage. And, and yes. the response has been really awesome from our actor community, our creator community, just doing what we can, like I said. <laughs> yeah, no, you should be proud. The, the slate is, is amazing. Everyone should go check it out. We will link to that and all of our new materials. Sending out uh, another note about the podcast going forward is we're certainly still talking to uh, award contenders, mostly actors, maybe a few more writer-director types, but we're also going to be doing these special episodes covering different aspects of the biz Again, for the foreseeable future, there's going to be an eye on uh, this crisis and how we're dealing with that. But Brianna mentioned voiceover. We are definitely going to be doing episodes focusing on how to get involved in voiceover, talking to the foremost experts in voiceover. There's a lot coming for the podcast, which, Brianna, did I mention it was going weekly? Because we gotta, we definitely got to mention that. Yeah, you did. Fairly big aspect of what's to come. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, it's a really great addition. I mean, and the envelope yeah. has been amazing almost three years of in the envelope <gasps> yes. that's crazy it's been that long right? that's amazing i know we got to make sure we mark our anniversary episode and i believe we're coming up on our hundredth episode oh that's amazing and now going weekly we will uh hit that in no time so everybody stay tuned i mean the people just want more of the in the envelope so we got to give the people what they yeah. want that's right. Yeah. And we've, I mean, I mean, I've just been on a recording spree and we really do have some really exciting guests to come. I'm personally really pleased to have started this whole weekly process with Elle Fanning. You're all about to hear a really, really lovely interview with her. She's the new star of this new Hulu show, The Great. She plays Catherine the Great. Everybody should check it out. Brianna, thank you for joining us. Maybe we will connect on a future episode remotely and check in because, uh, I don't know, things change a lot these days. That they do. And I would love, love, love to come back. So anytime you want, I'm here. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Let's get to it. This podcast is brought to you by Backstage, the world's number one casting platform. Listen, a lot of the guests on In the Envelope, an awards podcast, used Backstage at the beginning of their careers. It's how they are now in the running for Emmy, for Oscar, for Tony, etc. If you are at the beginning of your career as an artist, Here's what you do. You go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope at checkout for a free 30-day trial. That's right. Free 30-day trial if you go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope. All you got to do then is make a profile, upload a headshot, and start applying to jobs to the thousands of casting notices that are uploaded every day, which you can filter online to match your specific talents, your specific needs, your specific looks. Get that dream started today. Check out that free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe, enter the code envelope. Let's do it. Elle Fanning has been acting her entire life, growing up on screen in both indie darlings and mainstream blockbusters. Since first appearing alongside her sister Dakota Fanning in I Am Sam, Elle has starred in Super 8, Ginger and Rosa, 20th Century Women, The Beguiled, Teen Spirit, and as Princess Aurora in Disney's Maleficent and its sequel. 
This year, she appears in the Netflix film All the Bright Places and comes to TV as the lead in Hulu's new series from Tony McNamara, The Great, as a young Catherine the Great. Here it is, Backstage's interview with the fabulous Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, you were just saying it's it's actually good to have a, a kind of a day of press. Do you have a ton of these interviews lined up? I do. It's until well, I started around eleven until like two thirty. So yeah, most yeah. of my day. It's good to have a schedule. Yes, and then you, you, know? you said you'll go back to the the painting and embroidering by numbers that you're doing. Yes, exactly, and planning out meal planning. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, that's a big yeah. thing that. Um, I haven't thought of, but I've been cooking a lot and baking yeah. a lot. Nice. Um, yeah, made, made some peanut butter cookies and spinach dip. Lovely. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. All of these new, uh, new habits, new hobbies that we're all forming now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have to get creative. I think, yeah, it's important for our, our minds. Totally. It's really a widespread adjustment. In fact, I mean, the thing about this podcast is we are all about asking for actually advice. You know, we're all, our listeners are early career actors and performers mm. at all levels. And it's just odd that I, I sort of am starting these interviews now by asking, you know, what can actors do these days under quarantine or right. sheltering in place? What are you doing to kind of stay active or maybe keep your skills or, you know, keep, continue to be inspired? That's true. I, that is interesting. I'm someone that I've always had a very big imagination and can kind of sit and just daydream for hours at a time. I was always that way ever since I was super, super little. Um, so I, I feel a little bit like I'm being brought back to my childhood roots in that sense. I'm with my mom and my sister and my grandmother and, and thinking and pondering probably a lot more <laughs> yeah. um, than I have done in the past, which is important. I think you have to keep your imagination alive and draw and uh, even like I, I guess I don't do this, but I feel like I wish I was maybe talented enough to, but if you're someone who makes videos and, you know, likes to edit their own things or just get creative, like shoot stuff around your house or Mm -hmm. make little animated stop motion films or, you know, you could, that could be fun. Um, I mean, my sister and I growing up, we don't come from an acting family at all. Um, our family is all sports uh, related people. So my, my mom played tennis, my dad played professional baseball, and then my dad, uh, my mom's dad was a quarterback in the NFL. Right. So we were all like, we were all, my, my sister and I were supposed to be tennis players. Supposed and, to, yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah, totally. But then we were, came out, we were super like fair skinned and just get <laughs> totally sunburned and, and uh-huh. outside playing tennis and cry. And um, <laughs> my mom's like, Hmm, this is not working out. Okay. Uh, like I thought, um, but because we were born in Georgia um, mm-hmm. as, as well. And, and then my sister kind of started this, this acting thing. Cause my mom would put her in soccer or cheerleading or gymnastics <laughs> or just trying to find what it was that she liked to do. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a play camp and that was kind of a part of the activities. Um, and mm-hmm. she went and she was five years old and got this part in a play called the blue fish. And she could memorize the lines she was five, right. but she uh-huh. got the main part. She got the blue fish <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. from, from there, 
they were like, maybe you should go to New York or LA and try pilot season. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and my, my mom's sister, my aunt was already living in LA doing, um, sports news casting, like a sideline reporting. Okay. So, okay. So sort of related, sort of related entertainment sports, (laughs) but that my, my mom's like, Oh, let's go to, um, visit my sister and do the pilot season or, you know, try out for whatever. And then like literally my, my dad and I stayed in Georgia, but then we really, after that, my sister got 10 commercials and then got, I am Sam. Right. The movie uh, with Sean Penn and she was six and we never came back. Like we never went back to Georgia. Wow. Like I'm, my dad and I joined our family in LA and then from there on it was just, okay, I guess this is like our home now. Um, and then I was such a ham growing up. So I always wanted, (laughs) and I wanted to do whatever my sister did. And um, so it just, uh, it all weirdly, I was like, I want to try out for things. I, you know, did some commercials, like a Smucker's commercial and, Uh (laughs) um, Target commercial. I did two of those. Um, and then started to get to do movies too. Um, but when you watch, I mean, it's interesting because when you watch like home videos of us, Uh it's like, I was like, we were so uncomfortable in front of the camera and like (laughs) wanted to show off. Yeah. I I would dress up and, but my sister and I would do these elaborate games. Like we would play with each other, but it would not be a play for anybody else. Like we didn't want anybody Mm. else to watch. It was just for ourselves. Like we would just do Mm -hmm. these scenes. It's that imagination you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So yeah, you, maybe you can, people can come up with some scenes to whoever they're (laughs) hibernating with. (laughs) Totally. And then when this is all over, move to LA and start working in commercials. Right. (laughs) Um, It's so great that you, uh, it's so good to hear about your kind of the origin story because we're always interested, of course, in like, when did you get bit by the acting bug or what were your your earliest memories? But for you, you don't have any memories (sighs) pre-acting. I guess, yeah, I guess not. I guess not pre-acting. I feel like that's always been... That's been the goal. In my earliest memories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate. Like, I got to go to a regular school, and I had that life as well. Like, I was uh-huh. homeschooled till I was um, eight by my grandmother. And then I realized, I was like, Mom, I have no friends that oh, are my okay. age. And I, and I was like, all right, let's change that. And she put me in, a like, a school in L.A., and I got to go to proms and, and have that life. And then I fulfilled her prophecy. I played volleyball and basketball. Oh, okay. So uh-huh. good, yeah, because I grew seven inches when I was um, 12 in one year. Yes, okay. And it, yeah. like, really hurt. And, and so I, was, I played all the tall sports um, <laughs> growing up. But, yeah, I, I got to – so I kind of had that balance. But, obviously, right. movies were – my extracurricular activity. You know, I yes. would go and that's – I travel and – and I always had, I felt like, wow, I, I guess there was a movie I did called Phoebe in Wonderland mm-hmm. and I w- when I was nine and I played a girl, Phoebe, and she had Down syndrome or um, had a Tourette syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, I met a lot of kids with Tourette's at that time and with the director mm-hmm. and I realized, oh, like this is also a job and also like I, I had a newfound like respect for the job because I also, gotcha. was, I realized, oh, I have to, I'm portraying this person's life. Like it was just something clicked in my brain. And I think at that moment Mm. when you realize, okay, it's definitely fun and pretend and dressing up and all those great things, but also there is a responsibility that comes with it and it is a job. And and after I realized that I still wanted to do it. 
Um, gotcha. And I think that was kind of the, the point for me of realizing, okay, this is like what I, this is what I want to do. Um, right, right. And I, and I really, like, I actually enjoyed that responsibility and also the challenge of it. I think like when I'm most, mm. when I'm terrified or really feel like I'm in like under pressure in a situation, it's very thrilling to me. Like, I love it. I thrive <laughs> off of that. <laughs> sure. Oh, I can see that. I can see that in your, in your work. I feel like <laughs> for sure. Um, we always love hearing about that kind of the mix of the professional and the fun, which I think is especially true for child actors. Cause mm-hmm. you definitely only want to do if, it, if it's fun. But as you're saying, like, it's also about realizing that there's a, there's a big responsibility that, that comes with portraying other people. Yeah. And with the business side of things. So it, I suppose you could have had that realization and gone, Oh, I'm not up for this. I'm not up for that, that part of it. And I just yeah, exactly. kind of goof around or just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I know it's kind of you. And also you realize, I mean, there's a lot of to like the disappointments that come with like auditioning and not getting the part. And there's obviously a lot of rejection Definitely. in an actor's life and, and people say no to you a lot. And, um, you have to learn how to pick yourself back up again and find that passion again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something, you know, cause some rejections, you can just be so upset by it that you're very, you know, you get really discouraged and don't want to try again. Yep. Um, but there's always like, who was it? My, maybe I feel like my sister told me this about, cause she just worked with obviously with Quentin Tarantino. She was in once upon mm-hmm. a time in Hollywood. I don't know if I'm getting it exactly right, but it was, it was interesting to me. Like I thought really, because people ask you like as an actor, like, Oh, what's advice that you would give to an actor? And yes. you know, for, for me, I'm like, Oh, well, I feel like I'm an actor that like also like, I still need advice and like, sure. you know, I to give advice, but <laughs> some, but I think my sister told me of like how Quentin will, you know, he's watching commercials or watching movies and like walking, watching even like the background actors and uh-huh will cast his movies like based off he's like you were really good in that commercial and like someone got like a really really big part from just like walking he liked the way he walked in a commercial so i'm like wow like that really tells you nothing is ever too small like you never know who is watching like take every single opportunity and and just you know give your whole heart into it because you you don't know what other opportunity can come from that um yeah from that one little you know, they liked the way you said that line or whatever. That's terrific um, advice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, w- yeah, I guess cause yeah. My, cause I really learned on set of like my whole life was just, I didn't go to, you know, professional acting school or anything. Right. So it was truly just picking up on how everyone else worked around me and kind of totally molding myself from that, which yeah. that was kind of my school, I guess. Your school, right, exactly. And I, I I wanted to ask, too, because looking at the list of people you've worked with, it's it's, it's insane. I mean, you've worked with more than one Coppola, which yeah. is <laughs> incredible. From, yeah, like, is there a piece of advice that you've received from any of those people, any of those fellow actors maybe that you've worked with that, that has really guided you? Ooh, um, I've gotten to work... Um, with Nicole Kidman and she was always mm-hmm. someone that was huge, like, oh, like inspiring, like just when I was young, like, I, and I, I mean, I still feel this way. I am young. I'm like, <laughs> it's like people like when you're little, you say, Oh, when I was young, but, um, uh, I still feel this way, but like, I just want to be like her, like as an actor, like I just yeah. love her. And as a human being, she's just amazing. Um, and I've gotten to work with her and she was saying something that was interesting. Cause also like when you're choosing your parts, you never know. It's like, God, when you get to a phase when you're like 
a script comes to you and you're like, do you do it? Do you not like yeah. go off your gut? And I'm very instinctual in that way. But also, I guess, again, this goes back to like taking the opportunities, but Nicole was like, it's fine. Like you can like, it, nothing is ever going to be a mistake. Like you're always going to learn from, from the experience and you're never going to regret that you did it. Right. Okay. You know, and I do feel that way. I don't regret any movies or choices that I've done. Like mm -hmm. I, everything always leads to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you never know what anyone's going to like. It's about the experience. Um, and she yeah. was like, so it's fine. Just do it. Like do as much as you can. Like gotcha. it's such a privilege that we get to, you know, be on set. So it's like, just take all the opportunities. Like sure. why not? Say you yeah. know, you're yeah. young, say yes. Yeah. Which I totally. thought was interesting because normally everyone's always trying to get you to strategize, you know, and right. Well, and she was so, you know, I mean, of course that comes with it, but she was also, you know, it's like, it's okay. Like if that's what people are her. always so worried about making mistakes. You know? Absolutely. Right. Like if, if at the earliest point in her career, if she was saying yes to everything, then she can then achieve that level of, of career where you can be more discerning. I yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what she was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I was going to add, if you're literally as answering every question I have on my list, <laughs> you're reading my mind. No, I like talk a lot. <laughs> oh no, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Cause I know that you didn't have any formal training. And so you're on set with all these people. And I assume it's, I assume that your the closest thing you have to a technique is more like it really depends on the material and the and the job. Is that safe to say? Yes, that is that is safe to say. Um, I think like my the, the script uh, is really what is there for me, and I think mm -hmm. there's also of course like people are like what's the process and like yeah, mm -hmm. I mean it's it's hard for me to, like I get embarrassed talking about it because <laughs> it's something I think that feels so personal to me. It also feels very abstract. Um, but I also feel very malleable, like in a way that I have my own thing that I do of like, I, all right, I'll learn my lines in my tub and, and, and mm -hmm. imagine and, and kind of do whatever I do there. But then on set, I feel like if you do the work in that way of daydreaming, mm. you can go on set and anything can be thrown at you. Like it doesn't matter. Like anybody can work whatever way they want to work and it's going to be fine because you're going to feel solid and also then be free to be spontaneous and mm. and just go there and and mm. some you know you know i've worked with directors who love to um do tons of rehearsal and love to talk mm. through things and some who don't right. you know you have you just do like all right do a couple costume fittings and then boom we're in and you hardly even talk to them you know so it's like you have to be able to set yourself up to be prepared for either way. Like, so it's not a make or break right. situation, you know, yeah. I, but then again, I don't, you know, people have things they do and it totally works for them. So I guess it's just finding what works for you, but totally. I like being able to feel free and, and being able to feel like I can be thrown into it, any situation and it doesn't real and it won't shake you too much, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. A lot of people, um, especially in this podcast, they, they talk about kind of how to be in the moment and how to listen to your co-stars and like you're saying, respond organically. And I love yeah. that it's, for you, it seems to really be about the imagination and almost yeah. connecting back to that, like childlike state of creativity. Definitely. I think, yeah, that's a huge part uh, of everything. I think I've also tried to, I don't know, as I've like gotten older, but I think it's like you, for me, when I like, favorite actors or, you know, that I watch and like, wow, like they do have like a childlike, like make believe like mm -hmm. inside them that like has never died. You know, it's like, it's there. Yeah. Um, so I hope that I can always hold on to that because at the end of the day, we're literally 
dressing up and like our jobs like so funny <laughs> totally <laughs> you know like there's part of it that you also you know can't take too seriously at the same time yeah and it, you have to have fun um totally way so it's yeah. not like you are approaching a role based on like because you've played such a wide variety you've played mm-hmm. a pop star you've played teenagers yeah. you've played you yeah. play a disney princess right and, like you, there's <laughs> indie film there's big budget movies there's television you don't think about any of these gigs as necessarily any different from the next right it's just i don't it comes. yeah i don't yeah i really don't um it was interesting for me because like for the for the great for the tv show i've never done um tv like, i've never done a series before so you've never had a regular role um, on tv yeah no i did like you know little like guest like it was like on criminal minds yeah. when i was little you know like law totally. and order the here and there Kinda but i've never yeah. Yeah. I've never done, um, uh, a full show like this. Um, and I was curious, like, is it going to feel different? Like, and I mm. think parts of it, and it didn't, like, I didn't approach the character in a different way. Like gotcha. that was just like, okay, but I just had more time, um, to develop the arc right. because you, you know, you don't have to cram it in a two hour space. It's like you have literally 10 hours yeah. to, to mold this person. So that was exciting that I felt like you could show her development. I could show it in, in, in small stages rather mm-hmm. than having to kind of jump to the chase because the end That's of the movie cool. is, is coming. But, um, right. so that was, that was good. And with um, TV, you also, don't necessarily yeah. know the ending either. You don't know where your character. No, that's true. Ending. Yeah. I had a sense, I think Tony was, um, generous about that, but then at the same time, he changed a lot of things. Um, his thought process to Tony (laughs) McNamara, um, was our showrunner and writer creator of the whole show. And, um, he had a sense, but then he would even watch things and be like, Oh wow. You know, these characters really work well together or, you know, this or that. So, um, I had a sense, but yeah, yeah, then I, it is, it, it was cool. I mean, you're constantly on your toes. And then also it, we didn't have that. I mean, how many days did we shoot in a whole episode? It was like something crazy. I mean, our, also our episodes are an hour long. Right. So they are pretty long. Totally. Um, and so it was, I think, maybe like four, 13 days or something like that. <laughs> something like, it was like, whoa, yeah. like not you, I'm not used to, used to that, you know? No. Um, but I guess we yeah. shot the Beguiled, like Sophia's movie in like 20 days. That was oh, like. okay. That was, but that's, you know, that's a whole movie. So, yeah, um, but it's an interesting episode. thing where like, I suppose Maleficent 2 counts as like revisiting a character or continuing a character. Yeah. But like, this is really your first chance to dig into somebody whose story is more long form and like open ended. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. And she, and she really starts um, at, at a certain plate, like in the first episode, Catherine, is very young and almost naive, but she has this really kind of beautiful almost. optimism and totally almost. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and is super romantic and wants yeah. to find her love and, and then is really kind of smacked in the face with reality. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like how do I deal with this literally. situation? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. My husband is not what I thought and he's not my love. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe Russia is like my destiny. And I love it's how the, cool. you know, the show kind of grapples with fate and fulfilling your destiny and things. Mm. And, but just being able to, yeah, to have her grow and find her voice. And, yeah. um, but in a really, I don't know, in a, in a, I just didn't, I, I, I was also very aware though, that people can 
classify her under wow she's so brave and powerful and she's a strong female character and like mm -hmm. parts of me are like allergic to that sentence a bit. totally like, like what does that mean i, I mean, totally hear that yeah none of us are all strong or always brave or make the right decisions and so mm -hmm. it was important for me that she doesn't um always do that and this is just her road mm -hmm. to to finding her voice as a mm -hmm. young woman Mm -hmm. um, more so than just being the strongest person in the room, which she's totally, totally not, <laughs> not sure. at all. She's super sure. young and still figuring it out. So yeah. Yeah, it was cool to show someone who's, you know, royal and, and, and we got to turn it on its head and in this kind of irreverent way irreverent. too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And yeah. of course I have to ask the research question because this is a, <laughs> is a period piece, but as you say, it's also so, turned on its head is like the perfect phrase. I assume yeah. you saw Tony's work and you had seen the favorite mm -hmm. and all of that must have informed the filming. Yes. It was interesting how it kind of came to light because I read, um, like, so the script it was, it, it used to be a play that he put on in Australia, mm -hmm. Catherine the Great years ago. And then it was like, came in a film version. It was like, mm -hmm. maybe I'll do it as a movie. And I actually read that movie script. Oh, cool. Um, uh, that actually more spanned her life. Like it was young to much older Catherine, mm -hmm. like up until her death. And, and then there was this idea like, okay, maybe we should do a TV show like out of this. Of, and so we can really split up, mm -hmm. you know, her life and, and be able to just have more time to put the details in and things. Um, but obviously our show is very, you know, loosely based on historical facts. So there yeah. are things that are, that are, that are true of, you know, she brought science and female education and art and, mm -hmm. and, you know, her period was the enlightenment period. And I mean, that's for sure in the show, but, um, mm -hmm. there are things that we, we, for sure, we have fun and, and make up a lot of things that we definitely make up. So I don't know if this is like going to be every historian's like dream show, but <laughs> I hope they can totally. respect the, the, the fun that we have with it. Um, because those people, I mean, back in the day, you can't imagine, I'm sure they let, like they were inventing things, had new ideas. The real Catherine mm -hmm. the Great invented the roller coaster. Um, she loved sex. Like they were having a good right. time. They were having parties like, um, totally. so we got to, to do that. And I'm going off top. You were said you asked me something. I was like, and I was getting no, no, terrific. something. I, mean, I, I assume there was also research <laughs> of, yeah. like Oh yeah. Research. Yeah. The research, research question her whole life, that I'm dodging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of interesting. Like if you're playing her young, maybe the only research you need to do is like Catherine up until the age you're playing her. Right. And not yeah. the I mean, I, Catherine, maybe? I have to say like, I didn't do much um, research. Of course I, I read things uh, you know, yeah. read little things about her. And I think there was a book of like letters that she had written. And I looked up her handwriting, oh, cool. like oh, just cool. to see what that looks like, you know, just fun things like that. But I don't, that doesn't soup. Like I'm, I don't know. It doesn't like inform me that much for character. If she's right. someone that's hit, like not someone who, I, who I'm trying to, you know, need to sound like her act like or someone gotcha. that people truly truly know um immerse and yeah yeah, yeah. mannerisms okay. that that would be really fun i haven't really had to i've never gotten that opportunity yet but i would love love that you can really right. dive in but for this it, it was different i think for me it was also um the challenge was also comedy like i haven't done comedy that sure, much sure so like the rhythm of that was different like i would read the scripts and go down to oh my god like that's a joke like i have to sell it like i have to get the rhythm right like gotcha. i want people to laugh um, i mean you obviously 
and you realize really quickly like if you're if you're trying to make someone laugh they're not going to laugh don't try too hard yeah <laughs> do yeah, yeah. not try too hard sure. but also just getting over my embarrassment like i think um i had to not be embarrassed like mm. i just had to go for it like make do the crazy thing like make the face go there you can always bring it back yeah but also when editing you just realize those little moments especially of for like comedy. obscurity yeah. yeah for comedy like you need that so i mm. realized that quick and, and tony's writing is so particular and i working with nicholas holt i got to i've worked with him before mm -hmm. on this movie called young ones um I was 14. He was like 21 right. or so, but we were married in that movie, like strange marriage. Like we have a history of like bad marriages. Right. Are you guys um, are terrific Nick, together. He's just like the best sparring partner. And like, yeah. we love to challenge each other. I think we really work in a similar way, maybe cut because we were both child actors on it. We look at the set sure. in a similar way and he's just brings so much like charm. And he was also very comfortable with the, the tone because he was in the favorite. So exactly. for me, the tone was kind of a, a little bit new to me. So he definitely helped me mm. with the rhythm and, and getting your mouth around the words. It was, um, yeah, just different. Like the memorization I've never, ever like focused on memorization as oh. much of uh -huh. a part than I did. Like that was a really big challenge. Like Tony would write such big chunks and like these six pages, and for Nick too, we would just, we worked all day that we'd come back at night and I like still be in it because we have to learn the lines for the next day. Like it was just a constant, the words, the, this language okay. was so just, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> I don't know. It was so much. It was so much because they would also, we had to be word perfect. Like you gotta be word perfect. Yes. Right. And the rhythm. Normally, but sometimes you don't like, um, on other films, like sometimes it's okay. Sure. Like it's about being natural and interpreting it yourself. And if it's not perfect, it's fine. But with this, it's no, yeah. I mean, it's the respect for Tony's writing and, and also just it, he's written it in a certain way. It has to, it has to be, you know, right. so, uh, that was just, that was, that was new. Totally. Sure. You're rehearsing the lines, but you're also rehearsing the timing of the lines. It's all yeah. about rhythm for sure. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh my God. Elle, <laughs> thank you. I want to get you on your way, but also I'm oh, going to ask you a couple of yes. very backstagey questions. Okay. We're all about nerdy actorly stuff. Oh and gosh. These questions of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have to be rapid fire, but I'm okay. just going to dive right in. How did you okay. get your SAG after card? Do you remember the okay. gig that got you that? I wish that I, yeah. Well, I guess it would, is it, is that when you, do you have to speak on screen or can you just be on screen? Cause I'm trying to think. I think it's just be on screen. Be on screen. Okay. Then it would have been, I played my sister at a young age in I am Sam. It I was to, I am Sam. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was then. Cause I, cause I had to swing on the swing mm -hmm. with him and then lay yeah. in the grass in the park. And I remember it was like, they kept telling me like, Oh, your eyes, like, you know, when you're pretending to sleep, pretending to sleep is actually a very hard thing. It's hard for me because oh. your eyeballs, like they shake, you know? Sure. So, but you're, oh. when you're pretending, but when you're actually sleeping, they don't. So I remember that was like, you're like, her eyes are like moving. It looks like she's not sleeping <laughs> to this day. It's something I like struggle with. It's hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> I played like sleeping beauty. I was like, Oh geez. Oh, right. <laughs> literally sleeping beauty no yeah <laughs> i've never quite heard that before that sleeping is actually hard to 
convey. It's true. Yes. It's also okay. Maybe like open your mouth a bit, like get some drool going. I'm like, you know, it's like there's a lot of like pretty sleepers. You like see those shows, like people like wake up with like full makeup. I'm like, I'm a, I'm allergic no. to that. <laughs> and that does not happen in the grate at all. Uh, I don't think so. No, I tried no. to, I tried to get some drool going. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a show that lends itself well to drool. I feel like yes, totally. Um, what is one performance that every actor should see and why? Ooh. Film, TV, um, anything. Oh my God. This is the hard one. Everyone's like, no, why are you asking me this? Um, totally. And we can totally circle back. No, maybe. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. What's like popping into my head? Funny mm-hmm. enough is Holly Hunter and broadcast news. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So that's what's like. So that's what popped into my head. So maybe I'll go. I mean, I love Holly Hunter. Yes. She's just so, when she's like, she's sitting on the bed, right? And she's like, like she goes from like, she's like sobbing and laughing. Like her character is so, she's just so good in it. Holly, I mean, Holly Hunter is amazing. But I, I don't know. I love that performance. That's what came to mind. So. That's great. No, the, <laughs> the gut answer is the only answer. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This, I don't know if you, do you have a worst audition horror story? Yes, actually. Okay. That's okay. easy. Okay. I fainted. I fainted oh. in an audition. Oh, no. Full on. I was I was young, too. And it was a movie with, like, Jessica Chastain. I don't even know if it, oh. like, ever came to be. I did not get the part, oh. obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I was young. My grandmother brought me to the audition. And it was one of those weird, like, it was, like, very... I, it was so rushed. Like, I don't know why they were rushing so much. It was very weird because I had, a, I met with them and then I, I met with the director and like, she talked to me and then we went and then they gave me sides mm-hmm. and then they were like, come back in a couple hours. Oh. Like never do that to someone. That's, I hate <laughs> auditions with a burning passion. I hate them. Okay. They, they, I, I can't, I just hate them. And it was just like, okay, of course it's like the audition, you're, you know, you're sobbing hysterically, like burying your soul. Like it's always those, you know, with a, in a room full of strangers, you're like, uh, okay, I don't know you. Like you just want me to just cry in front of you. And like, uh, it's very weird and vulnerable, but she, but I, I, I had the sides and I had to learn them really quick and then go back, which like never do that. Like always give someone like, like days. And then I just like went in there and they had set up this whole like weird lighting situation too. And then they had like hired an actor that wasn't going to be the actor in the part, but Uh-oh. like he was there to read with me. And I, and then I just like fainted, like literally fainted. Oh like I, I went into like, we started it and I like fainted and we were like, all right, that's it. Like my grandma was like, all right, bye. Like we're we're leaving. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, uh, wow. I got Pinkberry and Burger King <laughs> afterwards. So it was a win. <laughs> it's important to treat yourself after a bad audition. Yes. yes. For sure. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard of such a thing. Well, I know. Got so nervous, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if for a second they were like, oh, fainting. What a, what a strong choice to make. I know. Audition. See, I thought I was like, maybe I'm going to get it. I was like, maybe they were just like, she was so worked up that she. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She took it it. so seriously. Exactly. Well, it's, this has been great because we really, I mean, I feel like this podcast is all about getting a window into your, into actors creative process. And you've really, you've really provided that. I really have a sense of like 
how you do things and how you're so good. So (laughs) thank you so much. It was fun. Super fun. Thank you for all this. Do you have any um, parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh, (laughs) Um, that's a big one. I mean, just like you have to love it. I think that that's also the key. Like you Mm -hmm. really have to love it because it's going to, it takes up a lot of your time and also takes a lot of like hard work. Like it's not just Mm -hmm. something that you can show up and, you know, not work at. So it takes dedication and and just keep going, you know, you never, you never know it in any time, any age, doesn't matter. It could be something. (laughs) That's excellent advice. Thank you. you. In the Envelope, an awards podcast is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Gross Studios and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to podcast producer extraordinaire Jamie Muffet and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.